0: (laughs) you're listening to hurt at sports radio here is the sports editor for the omaha world herald sam McEwen. that's fine that's fine that's fine sam Uh, know, we're gonna we're gonna throw the ball and you just stand back there and throw it where you want to go you know that kind of thing sam McEwen. are you guys going um sure now sam McEwen.
1: Kicking off hour number three here on Herd at, hour number two, not hour number three. <laughs> <laughs> hour number two, it's a Monday. Give me a break. Uh, kicking off hour number two here on Herd Out Sports Radio on AM 590 ESPN, Omaha ESPN Tri-Cities. Joining us now on the War Horse Sportsbook Hotline is Sam McEwen from the Omaha World Herald. Sam, how are you this morning? I'm good. How are you guys? What's up, Sam? We're doing. Hey, we're doing well. Hope you enjoyed your holidays. We haven't talked to you in a hot minute because so we've been off for a couple yeah, months. It has been a while, so it is good to uh, catch back up. I need with Need my you, Sam. Sam McEwen fix. Uh, lot, lots been going on with Nebraska, so plenty to uh, talk to you about today. But let's start off with the transfer portal. Nebraska landing a couple skill position players in Isaiah Nayer and Dante Dowdell. In your opinion. How much does that it go to Nebraska having completed what they need on offense before the fall?
0: Well, I think they could potentially get – they're probably still going to try to get that Wake Forest receiver. Yep. Uh, he's He's got more options uh, available to him. I don't think we'll know for sure what he's going to do until, I don't know, this week. But, you know, I think, uh, yeah, on the offensive side of the ball, you're close. You know, you'll always you always kick the tires on whatever happens uh, in the portal come uh, come spring because you don't know which guys are going to leave. I mean, you can't guarantee that everybody's going to be there. So, you know, you have to you always have to gauge that part of it and, and assess uh, you know where the where you think the program's going to be. But you know, I mean, they're they're in uh, they're they're pretty close to probably where they want to be. They got to get a lot better. I mean, there's just no question about it. I think Dowdell is somebody who you can, who you know, could maybe come in and play right away. Different kind of back than even Irvin. You know, Gabe is is a large guy, but he's not six two and two twenty. Uh, you know, Dowdell is, is is a little bit taller, and so a little bit different back. And and I think I think a down a true downhill guy. I think Gabe Irvin is a little bit of that, but not entirely. This guy's uh, you know. Kind of a glider, and he kind of puts his—he runs under his pads, and and is kind of a rumbler, you know. That way, uh, glides, but he's also just sort of a bowling ball. Whereas Irvin likes to make moves, and so Dowdell's a little bit different from everybody they got, and it'll be it'll be interesting to see how he fits in. And then you know the receiver, if he's healthy, uh, I think you 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 picked up a really good player. Um, obviously, Nebraska feels like he will be, or or he wouldn't be joining the team.
2: Sam, uh, you went through a a long list of traits there for Dowdell, and you're right, with Nair it's hard to assess because he's been off the field for over a year now, uh, derailed by that uh, injury, I think it was an ACL, ACL, Um, but let's just say in this scenario, in a perfect world, uh, both guys are healthy. Who do you think will have, just out of these two guys, because I want to leave Banks off the list until we know more about uh, more about his status, who do you think will have the greater impact in their particular room in 2024?
0: Probably the running back. Yeah, I think he's got uh, an opportunity to play right away. Uh, Nair m- certainly could. Um, I don't know that I would describe him as a plot receiver, so... Um, you know, I think there's some outside guys who also compete for time. And so, uh, yeah, I'd, I'd say Dowdell, if uh, if he's healthy and, and he's ready to roll, I think he's a player who, who could uh, make an immediate impact uh, in Nebraska's offense.
1: We're talking with Sam McEwen from the Omaha World-Herald. Another guy that could potentially make an impact on Nebraska's offense was seen with the football team at the wrestling match on Saturday. That's Dana Holgerson. What were your thoughts when you – First started hearing and then seeing that Nebraska was talking to Dana holgerson
0: uh you know there's it's an interesting one and for a couple of reasons, I think for, for the for the first reason you know what what's the role you know what exactly is it um, this is not typically a guy that that uh, that doesn't call plays, mm-hmm. so he's been doing that pretty much for a long time and and, and likes doing it and and has honestly been good at doing it. Uh, now the offense that he runs is a little different from from what uh, from what Nebraska's doing, or what even they've stated they want to do. I mean, the San Francisco 49ers is not really what holgerson has been doing uh, in, in his time. Uh, that stands out to you. So, exactly, how do they want to incorporate? You know, what what's the role uh, to be clear? This guy to come in and be an analyst. I mean, he or, or a high level. Uh, you know. Uh, quality control person for a year to mitigate his salary uh you know that kind of thing i mean there's there's always ways that you can you can execute that and he can be a he can be a resource for this program uh and not necessarily be uh, a game day guy he can kind of spend a year within this deal and 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 give his thoughts and share it um if it's an offensive coordinator quarterback role and I, i i tend to believe that's what he's looking for um then what does that look like you know how how does that all how does that all shake out you know as a co-offensive coordinator role what what does the pass game look like um, there's certain things that are true of, of an air raid system not bad things there's things about that system that really work, uh and but there's certain things that are true in terms of its principles that uh you know you you would incorporate um you know, where does battlefield fit in? All those things, I think, are the things that come up. Holgerson has a good track record with quarterbacks. Uh, he does. I mean, it's it's really good, actually. And, you know, a lot of times people would be like, well, you know, Lincoln Riley. I mean, sure, yeah, of course. You know, and um, but, you know, he, he Lincoln Riley did that at Oklahoma and USC. And, uh, you know, Dana Holgerson has developed NFL quarterbacks at uh, Houston. And... Mm-hmm. West Virginia, and Oklahoma State, and West Virginia again, <laughs> uh, and Houston again. Like, mm-hmm. these are not, these are not, you know, superstar places And, you and know, they're big-name guys. Yeah, you know, I mean, I don't, if you were to ask Geno Smith now, how much did Dana Holgerson change your life, I don't know what he would say. Um, but, you know, I mean, Geno Smith wasn't probably not going to the NFL before Holgerson got there. Mm-hmm uh case keenum obviously uh was was shaped by holderson brandon whedon who wasn't very good in the nfl but came to the you know first round pick Fort though late he was so like all of these players there's a really good track record there and it's a different kind of track record um than than maybe you know again um lincoln riley but 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 you know so, so what i mean <laughs> that hardly matters. I mean, uh, you know, you could go down the list of the best quarterbacks in the NFL right now. And, um, you know, you, if you, if you crafted five of them and then you name the schools that they were from, not, none of them are Kyler Murray and none of them are Baker Mayfield. And they're not Jalen Hurts either. Like it's, it's Texas tech and it's Wyoming and it's Iowa state. And so, you know, I mean, it's, this is real stuff. And so, um, you know, I think that's probably the interesting thing about him is he clearly has a track record on teaching quarterbacks how to throw the ball. Now, he throw, they throw the ball in his system. So the key here is, you know, can you marry these things together? Can it work? Um, again, everything that we have seen from Rule in the off season is that they're really serious about changing the offense and getting it better, as well they should. Because, again, as the media, we kind of downplayed this a little bit because it was the first year and all the rest. This is the worst offense they've had in 50, mm-hmm. 50, years. Mm-hmm. They were terrible. They turned the ball over 31 times. 31 times. They were terrible. And so, like, you can go up from terrible. There's no really no place to go but up. But you cannot sugarcoat 31 turnovers, and I don't know how many of them came from the quarterback, but the quarterback play was perhaps the worst in the country, um, certainly the worst in Power 5, this side of Iowa City. And Nebraska benefits from the fact that Iowa was so bad that like Nebraska doesn't look bad as bad in comparison, but that's the only that's the only other team that played this poorly. You know there were, I think there were twenty two teams, twenty two that scored I can't remember what the number is twenty one or fewer points this year. I don't know if it's twenty two or whatever. I put it in my column today. Only Iowa had a winning record. That's it. So you don't score less than twenty one points a game and win games unless you're Iowa. They're the only one. So unless you want to do that and do what they're trying to do, which I
2: don't think you want to try to do, then you better score from the Sam, um, could you look at this move as potentially a way for Nebraska to uh, make it easier to, to move on from from Satterfield, if that time came, uh, and I kind of asked that like in terms of like a smooth transition, because you said it like Holgerson's been calling plays his entire life. Yes, he has experience as a quarterbacks coach as well. Um, but say things don't go well with Satterfield again, is this kind of um, could it be looked at as a way if they bring Dana Holgerson in as well, we have our guy in the room who knows how we want to operate. And this is the easiest way to transition.
0: I don't think so, and I'm not trying to disagree with you, but I don't know that Dana Holgerson will be there that long if he were here. Mm. I, I I don't think so. I I think um, he, he wants to be a head coach, obviously, you know. And and what happened in Houston this year? First of all, the I do I put this? The leadership down there can do what they want to do, and and they they said they fired him because and maybe rightfully so. They looked at his recruiting class and they're like, <laughs> you're not getting it done, and we don't know what you're doing. And so, but to be clear, they were 8-5 and five two years ago, and he was fine. Then they go to the Big 12, and if you want to know the difference between the American Athletic Conference and just the Big 12, mm-hmm. you know. Because they went from 8-5 and five to 4-8. and eight. I think UCF was the only one of those four teams that – that won a bowl game. Uh, Cincinnati sucked. It, 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 it's a whole different thing, which is why you know we're going to get the AP poll tonight, and I'm sure Liberty's going to be in there somewhere. And Liberty would go two and ten in the Big Twelve, but like I'm sure Liberty will be ranked by something by bunches of people. They'll be like, "Well, look at the team. They you know they won thirteen and won, they lost forty five <laughs> to six, and they could have lost seventy eight to six People. <laughs> Like, and I used to be this person, too. Like, I used to go, oh, look at all the wins. And then, like, about five years ago, I stopped. And I'm like, I'm not ranking these teams anymore. I'm not doing it because they're not very good. Like, they're not good relative to the power conference teams. And I would make an exception for the Mountain West because the Mountain West is so much better. South Dakota State would beat Liberty tomorrow (laughs) by fourteen. And South Dakota State's not going to get a single vote, and that team's better than Liberty and better than James Madison. They won't, you won't rank them. But like even South Dakota State, if you put them in the Big Ten, they go like, yeah, I don't know, seven and five. Like it's just too hard. People don't really get it. And so, you know, he goes to the Big Twelve. They go four and eight. I guess he's the scapegoat for it. I, they got a new president. I think the new president didn't really want to deal with him, and so they let him go. <laughs> But he's gonna be a head coach somewhere else. Like that's not gonna take him long to do and I don't know where he's gonna go, but, but a guy like that, I mean, they, they score too many points and his offense is too much fun and it puts too many butts in the seats. So he got them a hundred and forty million dollar football building. Mm. He did. It was him that did it because, you know, his predecessor Major Alpolite, was fired and he got him a hundred and forty million dollar football building. And so he's going to go somewhere else and get some other school, one hundred and forty million dollars football <laughs> building. So no, I don't think he's a long term answer. I think he is. If, if you're going to bring him in, it may be in a year or two, and then he's going to go off and, and some school is going to hire him. I think it's more reflective of where rules at. Like they want to bring in as many minds as possible, and I don't know that it. You know, I don't know if you can massage this thing to be exactly the role you want it to be. Um, but you know, again. I'll reel it back too. I think Mark. I don't think Marcus Satterfield was doing everything he wanted to do this most recent year.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I'm, to be really honest with you, I don't. I don't think that was like his. Yeah, let's go run the load option. Like I don't <laughs> know that that was his thing. And so, like, I think the the HC has to get out of the way, and you got to turn off the film from the 1992 season, and like you gotta let you've got to let your people do what they want to do, or you just got to do it. And there's nothing, if Matt Rule wants to do that, he can do it. And I think, for what it's worth, I think he'd do a pretty good job. But you have to make those decisions, and every you know that's what he's paid to do, is to decide who's going to do what and who's going to call what, and then kind of get out of the way. And I thought what happened was they went after Jeff Sims. That didn't look like it was supposed to look for whatever reason. It just didn't look right, and, and Sims was not right as a player. And, and then Harburg has to play, and everybody's like, okay, we, now we got to change the whole thing. And then that worked for a little while. Then he got hurt. And then it's like, okay, yeah, our offense really is this bad. So I think they got, you know, they they watched the bottom line a little bit, and they saw themselves winning games. And so they're like, yeah, we'll just kind of roll with this. We're winning some close games this way. And then, you know, down the stretch, and then you get to the end of the season, and you look back on it and say... Irrespective of the fact that we once we went five and seven, and there wasn't a lot of talent here. Thirty-one turnovers, which is almost three turnovers a game, and eighteen points a game is not an acceptable standard for anybody. And so, I think that that meant changes coming. And you know, I don't know where Holgerson lands in this whole thing. It's it's going to be interesting to see.
1: We're talking with Sam McEwen of the Omaha World Herald. Sam, let's pretend for a minute that Holgerson comes in in some kind of impact role. So as opposed to like an analyst or, or something. I'm, I'm talking an on-field coach. How do you think mm-hmm. the potential balance could look between what Matt Rule has stated he wants to be in terms of a, a physical football team that controls things and what Holgerson has done historically in uh, more of an air raid type uh, pedigree? Like, how, does, how do you balance those two things in your brain?
0: I think you can be, you know, you can run that offense and have some physicality to you. I think Washington State had that a few years, even though uh, they didn't necessarily run the ball all the time. It, running the ball is kind of like it's not how much how many yards you run for. It's, I mean, to some degree it's how many yards you run for, but but it's almost also like, okay, who who are you going to be when you have to run the ball? Can you run the ball? And when you got to get in four or six minute offense, are you able? Are you able to do that? So, you know, Houston only ran for 120 yards a game, uh, four yards a carry, which wasn't, which isn't bad. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's not bad. Uh, you you can you can live with that. Um, you know, they, they weren't they weren't a terrible run offense. Uh, so you know, I mean, there's things that you can incorporate. Um, the, the pass game that the, the passing ID ideation in the system, I think is better for somebody who really knows that system to explain to you. But I would say that it it makes a heck of a lot of sense. Um, you know, you're going to, if teams want to get up on you, you're going to go try to go over the top. And, and when they don't, when they don't get up on you and they want to play coverage, you got answers for that. Um, and it's usually a pretty quick throwing game. It's not high completion rate. Um, uh, Quarterbacks learn how to fake on the run. They get the ball out of their hands. You know, all the good stuff. I would say that Nebraska's current passing offense is a little bit more slow developing. It's like, hey, when we drop back to pass, we want to throw it for 17 yards of completion. The air rate is more when we drop back to pass, we're getting the ball out of our hands. And, you know, 20% of these passes are going to go down as passes, but they're really run. Mm-hmm. They're run plays. You know, like a pitch pass. Which is a little pitch forward is a run play. That's not a pass play. That's that's a run play. They just the ball happens to trickle forward by a half inch. I would argue that every single pass is completed behind the line of scrimmage to be counted as a run, not as a pass, um, because that's what it's functioning as. And they haven't. The, the NCAA world doesn't agree with this, <laughs> but um, you know. So that's the way they kind of run their running. You know, like there's there's other things that you can do, and so. Yeah, I mean, I think I think all those things can be incorporated. Um, you know, we'll just we'll just have to see. It's different than Mark Whipple's system. The system Whipple does not run the air raid. It's mm-hmm. different, um, and you know, but Nebraska did not want to run that a couple of years ago. They could have had Graham Harrell a couple of years ago, and they chose Whipple, and now Harrell's at Purdue, and Purdue ran the ball pretty well. So you know, you never know.
2: <laughs> Sam, um, I, I want to go back and revisit what. Um the reason why Dana Holgerson was in town and it was to watch uh, Nash Hutmacher on the mat. Well, not re- that wasn't the reason he was in yeah. town, but uh, that's what where if he what was one stops. Yeah, that's yeah. where we saw him in town. And I want to talk a little bit about Nash in this moment. And, and my question to you is this because it had me thinking a little bit about. Um, Tyson Terry and his ability on the mats, uh, but also uh, him being committed to play defensive line at Nebraska. Is Nash Hutmacher an anomaly in terms of, like, doing something like this, moving from football to wrestling? I don't want to just say two sports because uh, there's a lot of players that play two sports, but in terms of making a, a move like this that we're seeing on the mats right now. Or do you think we'll see more linemen see what Hutmacher? is has done or is currently doing, and want to be a part of that too. When it comes to training or competing in the off season,
0: uh, it depends on if they want to get down to two hundred and eighty-five pounds. Mm. Uh, so I think that has something to do with it. You know, there aren't a, there are some wrestlers, obviously, who you know can can function at one ninety-seven, and I don't know would play running back or something, but there aren't many of them. There's very few of them, so it doesn't happen very often. Almost always. So the, the second lightest weight class is 197, then it goes up to 285. It used to be that you had an unbounded top weight. And you go back to the 80s, and there were guys that were 300 and, and some pounds. There might even have been a 400-pounder who was, like, really, really good. Um, and so they would just wrestle. And and to, Tim, to be clear, I think if you were to ask Mark Manning... I think he he would tell you that that's he thinks that's how it should be, and I actually agree. Like I I agree with you. I, I mean, I agree with that. I think I think you really should be um, that kind of you know that kind of that kind of top band. Uh-huh. Um, it was Chris Chris Taylor was his name, and he was six five, and he was four hundred pounds, and he was eighty seven zero and one at Iowa State. And he, uh, yeah, He passed away. Um,
1: I think, like in the seventies. Yeah, nineteen seventy nine looks like. Yeah,
0: so that was one guy, and then they had another guy. Iowa State had another one um, that wrestled for Gene Smith, who uh, who I, I I think the Ohio State athletic director now, right? So, um, so they had some amazing, you know. So I think it should be the top band, but you got to get down to two eighty five. And I don't think Tanner Farmer was willing to do that. I think Tanner Farmer would have been, like, an All-Big Ten wrestler if he had kind of done that. Um, but, as, you know, you may recall, after his career in Nebraska, then he went, I think, down to, what was it? I think he won, He finished second in the D2 National Championships or NAIA Championships um, and, uh, you know, got went to the Olympic Qualifier and all that stuff that you can right. do well that's all that. That's all possible. That's all doable. Yeah. Um, so, Nash could do that, uh, but you got you got to be willing to go to two eighty five to do it. We'll learn a lot about him. I, I don't. I'm sure they're ex- intrigued to see how well he can do at this level. Um, I suspect he's going to be pretty good, and uh, we'll just have to we'll just we'll just have to find out. Now, if he if he's willing to play at three hundred pounds, you know, in football, then then this shouldn't be that hard. Um, but if he isn't. Then it's hard, you know. Like it's it's challenging to get down to the weight. They've had some great wrestlers at Nebraska. Tanner Farmer was great. Malik Collins was great. And Malik, you know, I would have loved to have seen Malik wrestle Tanner Farmer, <laughs> <laughs> and and and, and it, you know, it's some sort of practice. I would have loved to have seen that. And of course, Harrison, Harrison Phillips, who did not play in Nebraska, but he was a great wrestler. Um, and so there's been a there's been a bunch of them. I think Nash is probably the best wrestler. Of the bunch, Malik obviously was the better defensive tackle, but but Nat is the best wrestler of the bunch, and you know we'll see. Uh, there's a real chance for him. I you just you just really never know. Um, heavyweight wrestling matches, by their nature, are very very close. So we'll see what happens.
1: That's Sam McEwen from the Omaha World Herald. Sam, great to talk to you again. Great stuff as always. We'll catch up again next week. Take care. Thanks, Sam. That's Sam McEwen from the Omaha World Herald. imagine dropping 45 pounds in 33 days? I want to talk about that because I I think it's (laughs) less dramatic than people are are giving credit. I do, yeah. But maybe we – you know, DB knows a lot about wrestling. Let's catch up with DB coming up next. He can maybe give us a little insight on the uh, cut weight for our our guy Nash Upmacher as well. Uh, Damien Benning, come up next on Out Sports Radio.